Before we get into the podcast today, we have a very special guest that we have to say hello to. And who might this special guest be on the phone right now? Hey, Miguel and Holly, how are you? Oh my gosh, Jacob, we're so good. Well, guess what, guess what, guess what I was listening I was listening to your podcast last night, and I'm on June 4th, 2020. Can you believe that? The racist rants that got a radio duo fired. Can you believe that? So I'm trying to go through it all, Miguel. Mm. Can you believe it? Wow, you're going back into the archives and listening to everything. Yes, I know, 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 right to them. What podcast is everyone listening to? Well, first off, first off, I want to let you guys know that you give me all the feels every morning in that well, first off, I want to let you guys know that you give me all the feels every morning and that you're listening to the Miguel Show podcast with Miguel and Holly on Hot 115, playing 10,000 songs in a row, all the hits. Yes! Woo! Taking it back to the original. I was going to say, we need to maybe tweak those a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. fine. Thank that's you, okay. Jacob. Yes, thank you so much for helping us. We'll do it again next week, same time, same station, right? Absolutely. You got it, Jacob. Unscripted, unshackled, uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature ears only. It's Miguel. Ricky. Yeah. Yeah. You're a dumbass. Have a wonderful day, okay? Bye-bye now. Holly. I finally got boobs and a butt back. And Scotty the body. Am I not as cool and good-looking as I think I am? The Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. No, my tongue feels too big today. Only from Hot 101.5. Give me Kit Kat or give me death. Tampa Bay's new hit music. Thank you to Jacob Two Times for helping us kick off the show today. He's our special Tuesday correspondent. That's right. For the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, This isn't going to be a long one today. And quite frankly, I feel like for July, we're going to cut back just a little bit for our own sanity before we gear up for the school year. That Mm. might be best. Yeah, because there's just, listen, there's only so much you can do. And I feel like for me, as like a workhorse, Holly, you're a workhorse. Scott, you are too. We got to know when to be like, all right, we can't do everything all the time. And so I think for our sanity, we're going to cut back the podcast starting next week to like three times a week or something like that. That would be fine. And here's what I like. I love being able to have this outlet daily. Mm-hmm. Um, and keep in mind when we did start doing it in March, we were like, well, let's make sure that we are here and available for this scary new time of the pandemic. Right. And then it was like, oh, my gosh, social unrest, like, you know, exploded. And then it was um, Pride Month. Yeah. And then it was like all this stuff. And we're just still chugging along doing our, like, (laughs) 6 to noon Mm -hmm. and the podcast every single day. And it's like, what was the end goal? Like, we we didn't ever set one, but now it's starting to become, like, a little bit burdensome. Yeah. And I don't want it to be that. No, no, because usually this podcast comes together organically because it's, like, extra stuff left off of the table from the show. Right. But we're on for six hours. (laughs) (laughs) show <laughs> but uh but so we'll start that next week and then once the school year starts back we'll sort of like reevaluate where we are um so i wanted to invite someone on the podcast that we've talked to before and he's on our sister station 1025 the bone mr john sinning yes. welcome oh. how are you oh, thanks sir I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. If I can just paint the picture for you just so everybody's got it right in their head. 
Just finished my yoga session. I'm in tri-colored boy shorts, oh, just nice. dripping sweat right oh, now, just so, yes. just so everybody's clear on oh, that. Wow. Beast. Oh, wow. That is a and, delightful huh. picture. And you, Thank right you. before the pandemic, how much weight had you lost? Um, well, the last couple of weeks, I will tell you, I've fallen off a little bit, but uh, at my peak, I had lost about 50 pounds. That's so, awesome. Probably. That is fantastic. And while we were yeah, all like rest out for the pandemic, you were still making good choices, eating healthily and, and keeping the weight off. That is so awesome. Yeah, we picked up a, a pastime. We started kayaking, which probably stopped me from, from just eating, you know, mm. and, and, and sitting mm. around. So I managed for a while, but like I said, the last two weeks. Uh, falling off the wagon a little bit. I've been digging in. I had some Culver's, had some pizza, ooh, ooh. All, all the naughty things I like. Wait, so hold on. I've been getting it in. No, Wait a minute. No, no. Hold on, Holly. Uh, yeah, this is yeah, the yeah. podcast. We can take a little time okay. here, girl. Yeah. Uh, so tell me, what did you have from Culver's? Tell me, John. Um. Well, Culver's, I went for the... Um, Oh, I like that. Uh, I went uh, double cheeseburger. I went for the crinkle cut fries. Got to yes. have the cheese dip. Oh, and, my uh, the gosh. Cheese. The cheese curds on the side. Uh, I mean, you I'm, have I'm, to I'm, dip I'm going on. the cheese curds in the cheese to be the most American thing ever. Oh, abs- absolutely. And I did get a, uh, I believe it's called a concrete mixer, which Ooh, is like the yeah. level above a... Uh, the level above a shake. Mm, so I wow. had that. I believe it had uh, Oreos and Reese's <gasps> in it. If oh, you really want to wow, get down man. on it, I, I'm I'm down yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah. So I've been I've been a little off the wagon, mm. but this week is like my rededication. There you go. Can I'll... I tell you about another burger though? While we're Ooh, talking about yeah, burgers, please do. Yeah, tell me some more. Yeah. Dude, if you've never had it, it is. I believe it is the best burger in America. What? I had it over Christmas time when we traveled to Texas. Freddy's. Freddy's. Have you ever had a Freddy's? I've never even heard of it. No. Okay. Well, there, there's not one right, right here. There's one in Sarasota. There's one in Bradenton. And there's a couple out in Orlando. Freddy's. And I had one of these on Sunday morning. I was oh. waiting when they opened at 1030 in Bradenton because I happened <laughs> to be down there. <laughs> Best burger in America. Really? In That's a big yeah. thing. Wow. And I had the first one months ago. So I was thinking when I revisited it, like no way it was going to be as good. It, it fulfilled all my dreams and more. I can't oh. recommend it enough. It's my worth God. the trip. Uh, listen, my boyfriend and I, Abe, have driven to Bradenton uh, from St. Pete just to get pizza and wings from uh, a Casa de Pizza that has a, they started in Buffalo, New York, where he's from. And so we're used to driving far for food. So this is something we're going to have to do. Wow. I would tell you it comes from, like, the Culver's family. I think they started in, like, Kansas City, so it's, like, the Midwestern type thing. But, dude, their curds put Culver's to shame. Their burgers are on another level. Cannot Mm. recommend it enough. You know, there's something about the Midwest where they do hamburgers really well because I remember a burger. a lot of beef up there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They do. It's corn-fed. Why do you think we say that? I love them corn-fed boys. Um (laughs) They, uh, there was this place at this hotel I stayed at, and I remember this forever. Uh, there was this, I don't remember what the hotel was, but they had this restaurant called A Streetcar Named Desire, and they had the best burger I have ever had. And my friend Adam, we were in college together. It was like a college media convention, and we ate there like five times in the four days we were there. And I still remember that as like one of the best burgers I've ever had. So I need to try Freddy's. You, do you really do you get down on El Cap here in St. Pete? You know, I like it, but it's not as flavorful as I want it to be. But so I, I get that. Yeah, so it's like it's good for like a basic burger. Yeah, I feel like I was never wowed. Maybe I got the wrong thing. 
And remember when it was like only cash? Is it still only cash? Probably not. But it used to be only no, cash. No, no. Yeah, they do cards now. That's I would say locally not a chain. That's that's one of my favorite burgers. Mm. But I get what you're saying. It's it's a it's like a home style burger, you know. Right. It's like if you have some people coming to visit, and you know, it's like, oh well, let's take to you to one of the historical spots here in St. Pete to El Cap to get a burger. Absolutely, but it's not like the best burger in St. Pete. I respect that. I, I might disagree a little bit, but it's, I respect your opinion. <laughs> um, okay, so why we brought you on here, yes. uh, not to talk about burgers, but I wanted mm. to bring you on here because we had an interesting discussion on our show this morning from a message from um, a Miguel and Holly fan member. Holly, do you have the email still? Is that right there? Yeah, Can you read the message? And so, cause, so John, as Holly's getting the message ready, you are you would say you are conservative leaning, right? Um, I would say that if I had to define myself, I would say more libertarian, which mm. in this day and age I think I think is conservative, you know, less less government in a, in a general theme is is what I think is often better. So and in the past you have sort of stood up for President Trump and, you know, cuz I think they on Drew show they call you Red John, Red right? Red John. Yeah, yeah, that is that is that is a thing that gets harder to do with every single day. <laughs> I have noticed. Yes, I, I have well, I've done that in the past. Well, we aren't gonna have you try to defend him right now. It's not about that. But I feel like from someone who's more who is on that bent, because I don't, I hate that sometimes when we have these discussions on the podcast, all of us here are on the same page. Myself, Holly, Scott. And I love having a difference of opinions. I'm not one of those people that thinks that you have to live in an echo chamber of the same voices um, as long as it's respectful and you are very respectful. And so that's why I kind of wanted to get your opinion on this message we got. Right. All right. So it's uh, it was sent in up in the DMs. It says, hey, I don't know if you can help me with this or not, but I have to have a hard conversation with my boyfriend and I don't know where to start. It's about politics. We've been together for over three years. He leans conservative. I'm a liberal. It's never been an issue for us before. But with everything going on now, it feels weirder and weirder to not at least mention the world around us. We talk about everything else in depth, so we're good at communicating, but I'm afraid either he or I will get angry and the conversation won't go anywhere. It's entirely possible he'll give me Fox News stats and I'll quote CNN back to him. Any ideas? (laughs) Help. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. And so to let you sort of gather your thoughts for a second, um, we talked about it this morning, and I think the general consensus was that if you come at it agreeing on some basic, simple moral principles and you come at it with respect, then you can have those sort of discussions. But then you also go into it knowing that you're not going to probably change the other person's mind. I think it more so has to do with, do you understand where I'm coming from? And I would like to hear where you're coming from. Because then, and inevitably, what happened after we talked about this on the air was, you know, people were like, well, I can't handle it. Bye. And I'm like, that's not helpful. (laughs) It's not helpful here. And then, you know, we had like a very fired up caller who was like, well, we can't. There's just no way. So it's either I I tell this person, well, it looks like you're going to have to break up. There's no way you can do this. Or how do we do this in 2020? And so for someone who has traditionally sort of, you know, uh, try to help out Trump's message and you understood it. How will you go? How would you go about that, John? What advice would you give her? Well, 
I will say, like, first and foremost, I think that this entire discussion, and this is just the way things are, and, and like with this woman feeling this way, I think it's all under the umbrella of the fact that we've never been further apart. Like, like I think that, that generally, if you consider yourself a conservative or you consider yourself on the left, most people or a lot of people view you with just that fact as as almost a character as as the furthest version of the left the snowflake liberal or the furthest version of the right which is a red hat wearing maga lover who doesn't want to let go of their confederate flag and i think in reality like there's such a more common ground than that i think i think that we feel and it's not wrong because it's in front of us and, and it is true to a certain extent but i think we feel like we're we're further apart than than we really are i think that that normal rational thinking human beings even if they have different political views can can find common ground quite easily and 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 she said it right in there is is even the note of i'm he's going to spew off the fox news talking points and i'm going to spew off the cnn talking points i just don't think it has to i just don't think it has to be like that like Mm. like you said finding a moral ground as long as you know there is no mate because i don't know how a relationship works if if you look at your partner and you think they're racist or homophobic or xenophobic or whatever right. those things are. Right. I don't know how that ever works. So, right. so just for the sake of this discussion, I guess we'll have to pretend that this woman doesn't think any of that about her man. Right. So right. then when, I would you, assume when you talk so. about politics, what are the like, like what are really the things that we're, that we're talking about? You know what I mean? Like right. if right. you can come to those common grounds, what are, what are the discussions that need to have as far as what's going on right now? I imagine the, you know, the racial tension and things like that are probably at the center of it. John, how have you navigated this right now? Because, you know, there are a lot of people that I see in my life, in my liberal life, that on Instagram and Facebook that are saying, you know, if you are a George W. Bush person or a, a Reagan person, we can have a discussion. But if you are planning on voting for Donald Trump, you are actively saying that you are a racist and that you are a homophobe and you are a xenophobe. How do you have conversations with those people? Because I know you. I don't know you to be that person ever. I feel like you're way more accepting, you know, of different types of people than some liberal people are, some liberal straight men, you know? Right. So how have you navigated that as things have gotten more tense? It's, it's, it's not easy. I mean, it's not easy at all. I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it's a, I mean, specifically being on the radio, you know, I don't ever, I don't ever, ever, ever want to be perceived as racist because of something I believe politically. And, and my biggest thing, and I've said this a lot on the radio lately, is we live in a day and time where who you vote for or who you support is, is your identity is, as a person. And maybe it's because I'm older and I'm, realizing more now but to me that it's never been that way Mm. like i don't think that the george w supporters you know walked around with a big you know cross on their head that said this person's a bad person or or even even on the other side i've never felt like who you voted for who you supported was so wrapped it up in who you are as a person so i would tell you that that my political leanings do not define me is is that would be the, the best way that i could explain it but then again through this whole thing, I can't agree with the president on, you know, 90% of the things that is coming out of it that, you know, that, that he says. Mm. So it's, it, it puts in that weird position where I'm never going to be forced or feel like I need to defend somebody that is, that is indefensible. So, I mean, right now it's just different because 
I can't see myself voting for Joe Biden, but I also have like zero love for Donald Trump right now. Like at this moment in history, I think that there's, you could pretty much make a list of the things that he's done wrong and, and, and mishandled this situation. So it's weird in a lot of ways because I don't want to feel like that's the, that's, that's the talking point is if you support Donald Trump, you're racist. So I right. say, well, even though I like this, this, and this, I can't support him because people are going to think I'm racist. Right. I don't want to be, for lack of a better word, bullied into changing what I think because I don't want people to think I'm racist when I know in my heart I'm not. Right. But that being said, it's becoming harder and harder to support him and then say, but I'm not racist. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So if he's, if he's going to play that game, he's, he's going to push people away like me who, who try to say, hey, look, it, I think this, this, and this, and I still support our president. So the longer this goes on, the harder it will be, and, and it's a weird spot right now. I feel I feel for you because you can be libertarian or conservative leaning and want those particular, you know, that that's not just like one person like that party encompasses a lot of stuff. And so I feel for you because it's like, well, I I do believe this and that would be like a conservative belief, maybe finances or whatever it is. And then you're like, but in order to believe that I'm also now racist or it's like because racist is like the worst word that you could hurl at a white person. Right. So it's right, like, right. And I will say, and I will say this, honestly, I think now, now, now it's different because there's so many things where people's true colors are being shown and people mm-hmm. that you didn't know were inherently racist are racist. With all that being said, I do think that word is thrown away or thrown at people to combat political beliefs. Like, like, you know what I mean? Not, I just don't, I think that the word overall is overused politically. That being said, our president shows on a daily basis that at the very least he's terribly racially insensitive. So it, it's hard to see the forest through the trees, but I do think that's a buzzword that as soon as you call somebody racist, the conversation's almost over. Like I don't need to debate with somebody who's a racist. Mm. Right. Right. Um, have you in your life had to distance yourself from people that you found were actually racist that showed their true colors and they were like, yes, this is what I believe. And you had to go, all right, this is where you, you lose me on this. Um, I mean, nobody, nobody close to me, nobody like very close to me. I mean, my Facebook is a cesspool because I, uh, you know, I kind of just accept everybody who listens to the show and just kind of <laughs> hope for the best. So through these like last couple months, I mean, it's a daily, you know, a daily occurrence where I'm cutting multiple people loose just because of the insane stuff that they say. So nobody real close to me. But um, definitely, I think this has been eye-opening to see people around us in society and, and what they really think, at the very least. Do you think that a lot of people that are sort of in line with your type of thinking of, you know, for whatever reason you voted for him in 2016 and now you're like, wow, like he's proven to not be the leader that I thought he was going to be, so I, I'm not going to vote for him. Um, like, when did you make that conscious decision of like, I can't, I can't cast my ballot for him anymore. Um, now, now I will say this: I'm not coming to you with 100% certainty saying I'm not voting for him. I'm not mm. saying that. I will tell you right now: if you mm. ask me to place a vote today, I would vote for the Libertarian candidate who is Joe Jorgensen and her running mate Spike Cohen. That would be where I'd place my vote today because I just can't, with good conscience, you know, support this guy who seems like his goal is to have people fighting and to divide people, even when it's, un- I mean, yesterday out of nowhere, a story that's three weeks old and was almost gone from the news about the Na- about Bubba Wallace, yeah. he decides to rehash. And I can't think that's for any other reason 
but to just piss people off and, and get people fighting again. So, right. um, it's it's just right now would be very hard to, uh, to 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 vote for a person like that. I mean, I don't know what happens over the next couple months, but I don't see it getting much better. Can you help me understand? And this is a lot to put on you, but no. I try so hard to be empathetic and to put myself into other people's shoes. So, for instance, uh, there was a, a radio guy that Holly and I used to know that on his Facebook page put all lives matter, period. And, and th- this wasn't that long ago. No, I mean, this, this wasn't this, like earlier this year. No, this was last week. Yeah, oh, that's right. Oh, this was terrible. last week it happened. Forget what times and yeah. days. And- <laughs> <laughs> this was last week it happened. And uh, so I was reading through the comments and every time someone would try to come at him with like, a, hey, you know, like, I know you, you're not that guy. And I know it's going to seem like that. But like, here are some facts and here are all the analogies that everyone's hurled out about the house on fire and the ch- this and that about, you know, breast cancer b- and yes. all cancers and whatever. All the analogies we've come up with about it. And then his only response to everybody was all lives matter. Can you? Uh, yeah, I think. Help me understand those I mean, not, not necessarily, not necessarily, because I think I, I truly believe that a few weeks ago you could have made an argument that there was a group of people who wanted to use that who just didn't get it. I think that we have to be open if we want to have this, you know, social awakening. You've got to be open to people not being ready and, and have it being a journey. You know, like I don't right. think it's, hey, this is happening now. So you all have to be, you know, can we curse on this? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, you got to be woke as fuck like now. And, 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 and there's no there's nothing else. And if you're not, you know, you're unfriended and I hate you. I think that it's having to look at those people who need a little bit of work or need a little bit of understanding and working with them, not just jumping down their throat. And I think in the beginning, there were people who probably said all lives matter, thinking that it meant what it sounds like it means. But then right. obviously it became more clear that that was being used by people that had other motives. And when you do exp- use those same analogies, those work on people like those, like there've been, I'm sure thousands and thousands of people who posted all lives matter or thought a certain thing. And a friend said, well, Hey, let me put it to you like this. And they said, Oh, it does. It does make sense. Mm. So I think you've got, I don't think you can put all lives matter guy into one bubble. I think there's a lot of different people working through a lot of different stuff. Some people are willing to, some people aren't. So I think it's an individual basis, but I also don't think that writing every person off who says something wrong immediately is right if we really want change. Mm. I'm so, and this is why I, I do love the podcast because I feel like if you were to take, you know, the past three months of us, it's like an evolution of thought from the three of us on how we handle these things And I feel like I'm like smack dab in the middle of going from being the understanding Miguel who has always been like, well, let me listen to you. Let me like that's why I'm the person who when someone calls up here to like bitch us out over something or has a complaint, I'll listen because I truly under I want to understand why are you upset? Because I feel like usually I can find the root and then we can talk about it. And then you're going to leave here laughing and joking and we're going to be fine. But then I see and I understand the anger that we as black people have of like, we've been trying to explain this. We've been trying to be patient. We've tried to do it every way that we thought would be good and meaningful. So now we're just like, if you can't understand it, then fuck off. 
because we've done everything we can. We have movies and songs and, and art. If you don't get it, you ain't going to ever get it. And so that's why it, I, I feel like I'm stuck. And and, and, I, and that's not wrong either. And I would never imagine to be able to, you know, know your true emotions and what's in your heart. I, I could never do that, nor nor would I try. But, you know, I, I've heard other people say, you know, it's going to take it's going to take everybody. I mean, almost half of this country voted for Donald Trump. So if we're going to if we're going to work under some sort of guys that, that a, a large majority of those people are racist, then then, you know, we're going to have to touch some of those people and some of those people will have to understand things they never understood for things to truly be different. You can't just throw your hands up and say, well, half the country's racist. We're moving on without them. Right. Like, like this yeah. is about, you know, this is about tough conversations. And I mean, I'm open, you know, I, I lived in a small town. I did not have one black kid or one black classmate or friend up until through all, all of high school. When I left high school, I worked for a, for, you know, a, a station in Flint, Michigan, where my life changed astronomically. And I can tell you that within the span of a couple years, I became a completely different human being. Not, I was not steeped in racism or anything like that when I was young. I would never grew up around it. My parents weren't racist, but just as far as having your eyes open. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of people who just are ignorant. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean they've never, you know, they just don't know. And I think that you've got to be open to, to, to guiding some people through this through this time if we're really going to have a better version of America on the other side. Well, that's what I told uh, this caller that called up at the end of the show and was, like, super angry and, you know, just screaming and was, like, you know, saying how, you know, she's basically she's a, a supporter of Miguel's and, you know, and, and it was sort of in regards to this letter that our this uh, message that I read you. And she's like, it's like, you just can't even have conversation with these people. And I was like, yeah, but... To your point, John, it's like, what do you do then? So you've got half of America that is just never going to get it, and then we just n- never go. And so I'm like, so these conversations need to be had. And just because we are now in the midst of, like, learning and going through, like, that's us. So it's like you have to kind of take these people by the hand and just – and very – and it's not necessarily – I'm not putting it all on one community. Like, I'm not saying, oh, the black community really needs to be the educators here yeah. or whatever – it's it's everybody joining in to figure it out because and I said this on an earlier podcast a couple weeks ago I was like this whole being woke thing it's like you're telling people that everything they know is wrong that's not right. an easy concept to grasp like so if they if if someone didn't have uh, an awakening at a new job or if someone didn't ever get to know any black people and they're like well I don't dislike black people obviously I'm not racist but you know they want to hang on to a confederate flag in a in a state flag or whatever they don't literally cannot comprehend how their entire life's story and history and what they've been taught in school could be wrong it's like a mind-blowing experience and then for someone to be like well if you don't get it yet fuck you that's even worse because then you get defensive immediately and you're like, well, why fuck me? Fuck you. And that's where we are. Well, <laughs> well and I think that goes back to the, to my original point as well, where, um, you know, not to feed into the, to the, to the, the media theory, but I do think that, that the media wants and generally leads people to believe that there are, there, there are two extremes and, and there are those people you're going to see on your social media that you're never going to change their mind. They are the they, they drink the Trump Kool-Aid and the man could never do anything wrong. And whatever he thinks when he says, don't take down the Confederate monuments, don't change the Redskins name, don't do all that. They're going to, to buy into that and nothing will ever change their mind. And those people are we got to 
you know, they're going to go their way and they're, they're lost causes. But I also think there's more people that are closer to the middle. And this, and the thing is too, is that now this has become political and you've, I've seen the memes and things. Why is fighting racism political? Like that's just, Mm. that's a big problem in this as well is that it's pretty much become black lives matter on the left and then everybody else on the right. Like that's the way that I feel like it's being, you know, perpetuated. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Wow. Which, which, if we had now, 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 this is a fact. Black Lives Matter. The the statement, I think, is Black Lives Matter. Nothing has been more true. I think everybody should say it. But Black Lives Matter is also a political movement. Now, I don't know if that pushes people away, certain people away, but I wish there was a way that those people on the right could be could be reached that are that are possible. You know, it's it's possible to save them, but they push back because they feel it's political. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's what I, I have a hard time with is I'm like, I'm not trying to make a political statement. I just want you to understand why people are upset and like what's going on emotionally and what has happened from human to human. If we just strip away, you know, our government and we're just talking about humans and what we've gone through and the message and the what we're trying to relate then I feel like people would would get it more, I guess. It just makes it... But keep in mind, I mean, this goes beyond that because now you're asking people who maybe have the emotional breadth of a, of a uh, you know, like a, a spoon. <laughs> oh. I think that was a Harry Potter quote. Uh, like, <laughs> basically, to say, hey, mental health is real and people's mm. emotions are real. Why right. do you think mental health is still has a stigma? Right. Because people can't see it. You can't see someone's feelings and emotions. And so you're asking people who probably did not grow up with any sort of like emotional education to suddenly understand other people's emotions. And mm. that's another layer issue. That's an issue for people. So it, it, it's, it's I, I'm sorry, John, go ahead. I was I was just going to say, I think that's a huge thing with society today is is. The, the racism, the homophobia, all of it is steeped in this general coldness. And I, and I do think, mm. I don't know where that started. I think mm-hmm. that people feel more cold, or at least a certain section of people, nothing really bothers them. You know, the idea of another person's feelings being hurt or, or you know, a person struggling, like it just, it's not their problem. And that goes across the board. So I think, it, I think it's, you know, it's bigger than than a lot of things. It's just people not caring, and I and I see that, you know, as as, as much as uh, I have supported him in the past, I see that from the president. The one thing we've never got from him ever is just like a nice warm hug, like like I no. got you, like we're in this right. together, which right. I think is what we could use right now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I've, what was I reading? I don't know. I don't know. I read so many random things on online, you know. But it was like somebody, some researcher was like. Um, hey, this is going on with the COVID cases, but we're going to get through this. And I was like, that's literally the first time I've ever heard an official <laughs> say, hey, we got this right. as a group. together." And, it, and so I was like, wow, that definitely has been missing mm-hmm. in the political landscape anyway, because a lot of people look to the president or that seat for that sort of reassurance and and we haven't had it for a while. And so not only is are we asking people to do that on their own now, it's to like, you know, be empathetic when they don't know how to, but we're not even getting an example of it. Yeah, and I think I was watching the Michelle Obama becoming documentary on Netflix and uh, there's one scene where I bawled my eyes out and it wasn't anything about race, about politics. 
it was when they had that church shooting yeah. in uh was it North Carolina or South but, Carolina? Yes. I think Charleston. Charleston, Charleston yeah. And Obama went to the funeral service and he was in the moment, the emotions got him and he started singing Amazing Grace. And Obama is not a singer, but he was in that moment and he was our consoler in chief. And just I remember seeing that and feeling like, wow, okay, we can get through this. Like this is a horrible act of violence, but we can get through this together as a country. But like you said, John and you Holly, like we have not gotten that at all. And I think that just leaves us feeling like a, a motherless child almost because we're just like wandering around and we're like, how do we treat each other? We don't even we can't even do that because the person at the top who's supposed to set the tone isn't even doing that. Yeah, and I, I don't know, you know, how much that has trickled down, but it feels like it, it, it is a bit. Because when you think about, you know, those moments like you talk about in George W. down at, uh, you know, the, the World Trade Center with the megaphone. Right. It's yeah. like I never, mm-hmm. for, for as all of the good things that I feel I could say about Trump, you know, I think he's put a lot of, you know, stock into America. I think he's created jobs, which has been good for a lot of people, and that's kind of his streamline. I think this has shown that being able to have the, that savvy and cut deals and, and bring jobs back and things like that, you know, it's on an, almost an equal playing field with being there for your people. And when, when I, I've never mm. once watching him felt like that human connection, you know what no. I mean? Like, it's almost like he's a robot up there just, just speaking words. It's, and all the things that he said, it's like, I've never felt like this is just a dude. So um, I think, I think that's going to sway a lot of people. I don't know. Uh, I don't have a full grasp on how many people want to keep Trump as our president, but feels like if he's this this could be the end for him, maybe. Well, on my side, I'm saying one can only hope. <laughs> one can only hope on my side. We'll we'll see. I also think he said they say that silent majority, and I think there's a lot of people in the middle that aren't the you know the red hat wearers. But when they get in there and they're all alone, they may not feel right. But when they see the options that they, that they might vote for him, I don't. Mm. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Well, because they're, you know, we have a, we have a rough choice ahead of us. Yes. yes we, we have do. a rough choice. And so you're right. You get people in there that, that are the, the, you know, the the power through it people. And I have a feeling like, you know, that those middle America, like the Rust Belt, those people that are like, I'm just working and I'm trying to do my job. And they're going to see Joe Biden yeah. and be like, that's not tough. What are you going to do? Mm. It's so it's. I mean, <sighs> Let it not be lost on all of us, the sadness that, the you know, what I consider to be the greatest country in the world, the best thing they could come up with was these two jabronis. Exactly. Like, the fact that that is true <laughs> is, is, is beyond me. Like, how, and even from the Democratic standpoint, you had months and months, so many candidates, so many options, and, yeah. and, and what we're left with is, is Joe Biden, who, love him or hate him, can't really complete a sentence. Yeah. I feel like we're, uh, we're going to look back at this as as a democrat me and be like well what happened y'all well like, I, what I, happened? I asked that like i was like y'all we had years Ye- yes and, and this is it was kind of like a shuffle at the end like well, i don't know right what have we been doing like We're, it's yeah, it was a letdown yeah. it was a complete letdown yeah. so it's not like well somebody was over here like oh it's, it's the champion of the party no this is it felt like a letdown that's very true, because I would imagine a lot of people would say, a lot of Democrats would say, this is the most important election in history. Oh, yeah. And, and, and this is, that's, Joe Biden is, is who's there to fight that fight, so. God help us all. Yep. 
Well, yeah. Mr. John Sinning, thank you so much for joining us. You can catch John Sinning Monday through Friday from 2 till 6 on 125 The Bone, our sister station. And where can they find you on social media to see that sexy, healthy body? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, both at the John Sinning. Yeah, he got that beard, too, looking good and tan. Get it, John. Yeah, I'm going through, like, this quarantine mode right now where I told myself that I'm not sh- cutting my hair or touching any facial hair until the coronavirus is all the way gone. Oh. oh. All the way. Wow, you're going to look like the all Unabomber the, by the, the time this I mean, is talking, done. <laughs> I'm talking, like, zero cases in the U.S., and I'll, and I'll think about heading to the barber. you got wow. some long hair. Okay, we're going to have to check it for ticks and bugs and stuff by the end of this. Oh, dear. Well, John, thank you so much for being our Red John, even here on uh, the podcast. We appreciate it. Thank you. I hope I wasn't too soft for you. <laughs> Not at all. You were very hard. Thank you. Wow. All right, Sorry. Wow. Don't forget, uh, tricolor boy shorts, dripping sweat still. <laughs> it's like cold sweat now, though, so I feel like you, you're going to get a rash. Yeah, I'm, in my, I'm out in the lanai, which is about 115 degrees out here, so yeah. no, it's a hot sweat, and it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's oozing. Ooh, yeah. Thank you for oozing. We appreciate Ugh. it. <laughs> bye, right, John. Love you guys. I love you. Bye. Holly, what's your social media? Radio Holly on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, and Holly on Hot 101.5 on Facebook. Scott? At Scott Tavlin, S-C-O-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. We you press your reset button? That was three Ts. All right, three. (laughs) I think I said three. I might have said four, but it's three. Miguel Fuller, M-I-G-U-E-L-F-U-L-L-E-R on Instagram, TikTok, and Snapchat. Don't forget, you want a Miguel and Holly sticker, you can always email me, miguel at hot1015tampabay.com. Make sure to leave us a little review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe. Bye. Catch up on previous episodes of Miguel and Holly Uncensored now on the Hot 101.5 app or on iTunes on your smartphone. It's Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Quarantine edition from Hot 101.5. Made hot by Corona Beer.